Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. what's best for us that wants to redeem us that wants to 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 manifest himself through us into this world to exact your will on this earth through us lord so we we humbly say lord use us we humbly say father let's just pray together open my ears to receive open my heart to receive lord we need you we don't need another sermon We don't need another song. We don't need anything else but you. Lord, if you don't, then we won't. But Lord Jesus, I know you are here. Holy Spirit, I know you are here to minister to your people, to empower your people, to to charge your people to go forward. So I pray today that by the end of this message, by the end of this service, that we walk out of here empowered by God Almighty to accomplish what you have called us to accomplish, to walk in the power and authority that you have afforded us through your cross and resurrection. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. God is a good God. He is so faithful. I'm going to tell you a joke, and this is a joke, so don't crucify me. The other day, Amy was cooking dinner, and it was just, it was chaos. And she finally just looked at me, and she said, Ryan, I just need some peace and quiet. I said, okay, Okay, and so I got up and I walked over to the smoke detector and took out the batteries. Oh, Amy's like, I am going to kill you. I'm, I, I prefaced it with it's a joke. It was a joke. I had to take out all the batteries. I'm joking. I'm joking. So next week, Amy will be your sole lead pastor and I will be buried somewhere in Tennessee. Today is Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday, and I've been chewing and praying about this message. I've been, I've been chewing on the content for a while, and I, I don't want to look at Pentecost Sunday. I don't want to look at Acts chapter 2 or Acts chapter 1, the typical messages that go with Pentecost. 
I want to look at Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4. And I want to talk to you about the overflow of Pentecost. The overflow of Pentecost. So what is Pentecost? Well, technically Pentecost is a festival that the Jews celebrated, but after the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus told his disciples and his followers to go wait in Jerusalem and that he was going to send a helper. And, and so he, he said, I will ask the Father to send a helper. That helper is the Holy Spirit. Now, who is the Holy Spirit, you might ask? And you guys probably know, he's the third member of the Trinity, equal to the Father and the Son. There's not a hierarchy in the Trinity. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are equal members of the Trinity. The Father's God with all the attributes of God, the Son is God with all the attributes of God, and the Holy Spirit is God with all the attributes of God. But they each have a different function. And collectively, they are one God. They always are They are 100% always in agreement. They've never had a dispute. They're unified. They're one God. But the, but, but the Son, the Son brings glory to the Father, and, and the Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus, and Jesus leads us to the Father. Because the Father... When we pray, we pray to the Father through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, and, and, the, and the Holy Spirit is how we live a holy life. He, when, when, when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in and he sanctifies us over the course of our life to make us look like Jesus. But upon salvation, he completely justifies us. That means he makes us completely righteous and holy before God. So, but what was Pentecost? Pentecost was the moment in history where the Holy Spirit became available to everyone. The power of God became available to everyone. This is a big deal. This is a, I would say to Christianity, Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost are equal to how important they are. Sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit like scrappy seconds. He's equal to Jesus. And God sent him. Has he always been active in the earth? Absolutely, in the Old Testament. But it was, the Holy Spirit was available to a select few, prophets, priests, and kings. And, and, and not even all the kings, not even all the prophets, not like, and not all the time. It was selective, like, like with Samson, he was a judge, and it said the Spirit of God would come upon him and he would do things. And it was only to a select people, it wasn't for everyone. But what, but what makes Pentecost so powerful is Jesus ripped that barrier. And, he, and, and Jesus, when he was walking the earth, everything he did was by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so he gave that power to his disciples when they were on the earth. When he was on the earth, he, he gave them authority to cast out demons and heal the sick while he was on the earth. But Jesus was on the earth from the first Christmas to the first Easter for 33 years. And suddenly, the power was gone. But God had a mission. And that mission was to preach the gospel. And he knew that his church was going to need someone to do it. And if Jesus could not do ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit, what did he do? He said, I'm going to give them that power. And that's what Pentecost is. He made the Holy Spirit available to every Christ follower. 
Not just to make us righteous, not just to make us like Jesus, but to operate in power. And that's what Pentecost is. And as followers of Christ, it is 100% available. The Holy Spirit came down on earth and manifested himself in the upper room 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost. And suddenly, what used to be only available to a select few, it was available to everyone who would call on Jesus. And not just to live a holy life, not just to go through life as a Christian, but to be a powerhouse for the kingdom of God. We literally house the power of God and the person of the Holy Spirit in us. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. That's Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit is available. This is just as big deal as Christmas and Easter. And we don't treat it like that. When you think about The Holy Spirit is why we're able to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on the cross and that he rose again. It's the Holy Spirit that draws us to God. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to pray. It's the Holy Spirit. And and today I want to look at some scripture in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. And there's some stuff going on here. Jesus is in heaven. He ascended. This is after... the, the, the Spirit came and, and descended on them like tongues of fire and that they all started speaking in different languages and, and then the, Peter and the eleven stood up and preached the gospel and 3,000 were added to the church that day. This is after that. And, and Peter is going to, guess, guess where he's going? He's going to a prayer service, Peter and John. And guys, let me tell you, Prayer is not just something we do. It's an assignment from God that, that, that exacts the will of God on earth. And we have prayer twice a month. And I would encourage you to be here. Be here. Pray. Like, man, gas is really high. You don't think God can provide for that? Be here. We need to pray as a church. We need to pray that the kingdom of God grows and the kingdom of darkness falls. We need to pray that we act like Christ, that we are the church. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be a praying church. Charles Spurgeon, he said, this is not in my notes, but he said, I will show you the health of a church by the health of the prayer meeting. We have prayer the first and third Wednesday of every month. We need to be there. We need to be praying. We need to be praying for our government. We need to be praying for the kingdom. We need to be praying for issues. We need to be praying for revitalization of the church. We need need to be praying. But Peter and John, they're going to a prayer meeting. Acts chapter 3, 1 through 12. Let's look at it. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part of a 3 o'clock prayer service. This is the same one that Jesus would go to. This is the same one like, hey, if Jesus and the apostles had to go to prayer services, I think maybe, just maybe, we should. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth 
was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful. So he could beg from people going into the temple. He had a good strategy. I mean, like, let's, 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 let's ask generous church people for money. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. But he had this wrong because they were pastors and they don't have any money. So <laughs> Peter and John looked at him intently. I, I want you to hear this. Like, let's just say together, looked at him intently. Okay, I, wa- I want you to remember that. Looked at him intently. In fact, tap your neighbor and say, look at them, and say, look at them intently. Okay. Peter said, look at us. So this man, he's lame from birth, is on the ground, never walked, didn't know what it felt like to walk, had no idea the sensation of probably what it felt like to have feeling in his legs. The, the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get the Nazarene, some translations say Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the man by the right hand and helped him up. So this is how strong Peter's faith was. Like, Peter said, get up and walk, and then he almost didn't even give the guy an option, just grabbed him by the hand and just yanked him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar um, they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity. Say, saw his opportunity. Like, I want us to hear this. He saw his opportunity to address the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? Why you stare at us as though we had made this man walk on our own power or godliness? And he goes on to preach the gospel. And he starts preaching about Jesus Christ who you crucified, but God raised from the dead. And then we get into chapter 3, or chapter 4. And and we're going to pick up in chapter 4. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest and the captain of the temple guard and some of the Sadducees. you got to understand, a month ago, These people were at the trial of Jesus Christ. They were the ones shouting, crucify him. They were at the foot of the cross and they saw Jesus die. And then they heard the rumors of 
the resurrection. And they, these people, the priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees, were the ones that bribed the temple guard to say, keep your mouth shut. They, they bribed the guards that were stationed at the tomb that saw the resurrection, that saw the power of God, and they were terrified. And they said, don't tell anyone about this. Because they were trying to make up a story that his followers came and stole Jesus' body to make it look like he rose again. And suddenly, there's this man who was lame from birth that was running around the temple praising God. And, and Peter's and John are preaching in the name of Jesus, saying that if you believe in Jesus... God raised him from the dead and he could raise you. And they start preaching salvation. And they're like, wait a second. We worked too hard to shut this man Jesus up. And now these people are preaching. They were disturbed. Very disturbed. That through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. Let's keep going. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail until the morning. I want you to understand what's happening. I I don't know if I'm going to go through all of it. There's 31 verses. But I will tell you what's happening. As Peter and John were preaching... 5,000 men came to salvation. 5,000. Upon seeing the miracle and hearing the gospel, they saw the power of God enacted through the Holy Spirit by the name of Jesus. They saw the miracle, and then their hearts were primed for the gospel. And 5,000 came. And then they arrested Peter and John put them in jail for preaching Jesus. Not for the miracle, but for Jesus. Because Jesus is an offense to the world. The message of the cross, the message of Jesus offends our very nature. Because it tells us that we are sinners and we are going to hell apart from salvation. And this is where Peter, he says there is salvation in no one else. No other name under heaven given to man by which we must be saved. That's in this passage. He's talking. He gets up and they pull him out and they start questioning him and him and John. And they're saying, who do you think you are? We crucified this man. You can't talk about Jesus. And then Jesus, then Peter and John give the gospel, give the gospel to the Sadducees, Pharisees, the the priest and the temple guard. And in verse 13, if you go down to verse 13, It says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. So that's a PG or maybe a G-rated version of saying it. The word for ordinary there is actually, I can't say the Greek, but it actually means illiterate uneducated, without learning. That's, that's what they were saying. These men were amazed because these guys were idiots. That's essentially what they were calling Peter and John. These idiots were speaking with such boldness and, and, and authority. And you notice that that's what they had a problem with Jesus. Because Jesus would get up and teach, Jesus being the living word of God. 
And he would speak with authority and boldness. And, and the teachers and the people were like, who is this man who speaks with such authority and boldness? And then we see Peter and John, their first outing, after they receive the Holy Spirit, they're speaking with boldness and authority. For, and then it says, for they could see. They were uneducated. They were illiterate. They were idiots to them. But they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They were men who had been with Jesus. And then we keep reading, and what happens is Peter and John, they don't hold back. They're saying, you crucified him, God raised him, God justified him, God proved that his message was right and you were wrong. And they're just going, at, they're, they're, they're being direct to these people. And they're preaching the gospel. And then the, the leaders, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the priests, this, this was the governing council of Israel. This is, this is the government of Israel. So they make a threat, like, hey, if you keep preaching in Jesus' name, we're going to arrest you again. And so just stop preaching about the resurrection of the dead, and we'll be good. Keep, keep doing the miracles. We want the good stuff, but we don't want this Jesus stuff. And, and, and Peter and John, they stand before this council and say, who are we to listen to? You or God? We cannot be quiet about all that we have seen and heard they straight up said okay make your threats but we're not going to shut up we're not going to be quiet about this so what did peter and john do they went back to the church because i i promise you the church is probably wondering like what in the world is happening this is before cell phones believe it or not two thousand years ago no one had a cell phone I don't think Peter and John sent up a pigeon to let the church know. They were preaching and got arrested. So all the, the people in the church are like, where's Peter and John? Well, last I heard, they went to the prayer meeting. You know, like, they're, they're so confused, so they go back to the church. And they say, hey, guys, guess what? You'll never believe this. But we just got arrested for Jesus. And they start praying. And the culmination of their prayers looks like this in verse 29. Let's look at it. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats. They've gotten threatened that if they keep preaching in Jesus' name, they will be arrested. They will be thrown into prison. It says, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. You notice what they didn't pray. They didn't pray for any ill will on the people that were opposing them. They said, just hear their threats, God, and give us boldness to preach your word. And then in verse 30, they prayed, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Let's keep going. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit then they preached the word of God with boldness. 
with boldness. The overflow of Pentecost is what we just read. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, he says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit gives us power. That word dunamis power is associated with boldness three times in the book of Acts. He empowers us to be bold in our proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But over 15 times in the book of Acts, that word power, dudamus, is associated with miraculous signs and wonders. The Holy Spirit empowers us not only to preach the word, but to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, to cast out demons, to walk in power. Jesus' ministry was a template for our ministry. He didn't, Jesus didn't just do a ministry and say, guys, you'll never live up to this, but you can try. No, what did Jesus say? Greater things you will do than me. And if you read the last verse in the book of John, it says, it says all, the, all the books in the world couldn't contain what Jesus did on the earth. And yet Jesus, which every word that flowed out of his mouth was intentional and true, said, we'll do greater things because Jesus believes in the church more than we believe in the church. Because, why? Because the Holy Spirit is in us. The same Spirit that Jesus co-labored with, that listened, that, that Jesus walked in obedience to, is what's available to us. I once heard it said, Jesus did not give his church a mission. We call it the Great Commission. You know, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples. Jesus didn't give his church a mission. He gave his mission a church. Jesus' mission from before time was to seek and save those who were lost. To have them come into a right relationship with the Father. And how he chose to exact that mission because his mission's never changed. He gave that mission a church. And what did he give the church? He gave the church the Holy Spirit to exact that mission. The mission has the church to accomplish it. The church has the Holy Spirit to accomplish the mission. We can't do, we can't do life without the Holy Spirit. I read means all the time. Do you need, do you need the Holy Spirit to go to church? And, and, and the meme says, no, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. It's true. We need the Holy Spirit for everything. Not just to live a holy life and pleasing to God, which he empowers us to do. But we need the Holy Spirit to pray powerful prayers. We need the Holy Spirit to pray faith-filled prayers. We need the Holy Spirit to, to lay hands on the sick. We need the Holy Spirit to think differently. We need the Holy Spirit to act differently. We need the Holy Spirit to walk by faith, not by sight. We need the Holy Spirit, to, despite what we are seeing with our physical eyes, to believe that God is going to move by faith, through faith, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. And, and God will never ask us to do something that he won't empower us to do. So uh, today, I, I, I want to give you three thoughts 
And, and the preface, when we let the Holy Spirit lead us like Jesus let the Holy Spirit lead him, these are the things in our life that should be marked by his leadership. So three things in our life that are marked by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So let this maybe be a litmus test. Or let's get a little more modern. Let this be the COVID test of whether you're letting the Holy Spirit lead you. The first thought I want to give you, the Holy Spirit makes you see situations differently. We step into Acts chapter 3. I, I want you to see this. This man was carried there every day. Jesus walked past this man and did not heal him. Jesus, you understand how big this is? You, you, you go read the Gospels. Go look at how many people that Jesus healed in the temple. He healed a lot of people, but not this guy. And this guy saw it all. He's seen these guys get healed. He's seen the lame walk, the blind see, all this stuff happening in the temple. And this guy's over here like, what am I, chopped liver? Jesus is walking past him. And I can't help. I can't help but think because I, I, this is how I walk. And uh, when I walk downtown, as I walk past people, I ask, Holy Spirit, do you want me to pray with them? Holy Spirit, do you, what do you want me to do? Lord, how? And, and sometimes he says pray. Sometimes he doesn't say anything. Sometimes he says no, not today. Like, like I try to listen. I can't help but think that Jesus being full of compassion, he was, every time he walked past this dude, I, I almost guarantee, I, I know I'm, I'm kind of reading into something, but I don't think it's reading in when it's a character of Christ. I bet the whole, I bet Jesus, if I were a betting man, which I'm not, but if I were, I bet Jesus walked past this man, Holy Spirit, you want me to heal him. Holy Spirit, you want me to heal him. And, and, and the Holy Spirit, nope, it's not for you. He's not for you to heal. Because why? When Jesus was on earth, he wasn't omniscient. He wasn't omnipotent. He wasn't omnipresent. He was a man following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, no, it's not for you. Because the Holy Spirit, being omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent, knew that he wanted to heal this man, but not through Jesus, but through Peter and John. Because he knew that if Peter and John healed him, 5,000 more people would come to salvation. So, Peter and John, being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, in the power of God, they're walking past this guy who they walked by with Jesus. Hear this man beg... And suddenly, remember, they looked at him intently. I can't help but think what they were thinking. Lord, what do you want me to do here? Father, what do you want me to do here? And they might not have heard anything, but they're like, you know what? I'm going to step out in faith. I've seen Jesus heal enough people, and you know what? Then this was a proving moment. Jesus is no longer on earth. Like every miracle that Peter and John did up to this point, it was because Jesus gave them the authority. So Jesus like gave them the Holy Spirit while he was on earth to do, cast out demons, to heal the sick, to preach the gospel. But now Jesus is gone. So like this is a, this, this is a swim or die moment for the church. 
And Peter and John step up to the plate and say, oh, this is what walking, this is what Jesus was doing. He walked by faith in, in, in the leadership of, of the Holy Spirit. And so they're saying, I'm going to take a step of faith right here. This is one of those moments in, the church, in church history. The first miracle that happened through, not through Jesus, but through the apostles and Jesus was in heaven. This is one of those moments where Peter and John says, he either gave us that power or he didn't. And they said, gold or silver I do not have. But what I do have I give to you. And they took that step because the Holy Spirit makes us see things differently. They could have saw everyone else that walked into the temple that day. What did they see? Did anyone want to take a guess? They saw a beggar. They saw a guy that was there day in and day out. They saw a guy that, oh, we'll give him a couple coins. We'll help him out. He's been lame from birth. His situation will never change. But Peter and John saw a situation that God could change. Because the Holy Spirit makes you see situations differently. And if you keep on looking at things through the lens of your, your carnal eyes and say, this situation will never change. They'll never get saved. They'll never get healed. Uh, whatever. You're, you're, you're going to miss a God moment. You're going to miss a Holy Spirit moment for him to work through you. Well, that, that marriage can never be restored. Or, or that, that kid will never. No, we got to see things differently. No, through faith, that, that, that child, that grandchild will come to salvation. You know what? My finances will turn around because he's Jehovah Jireh. You know, you know what? That cancer will be gone in the name of Jesus. You know what? The Holy Spirit makes us see things differently. How does that look like today? I don't know how it could look for you, but I can tell you how it kind of looks for me. I look for things out of the ordinary. Like, in my day-to-day -day life, like, for instance, the other day, I, I called my sister, my oldest sister, and I just wanted to talk to her, which is weird. Like, that's, like, that's, 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 that's a new phenomenon for me to want to talk to my sisters. <laughs> they used to beat the crap out of me growing up. Oh, man, they're like five and six years older than me. I got beat up so much when I was little. Uh, I associate with my son so much having an older sister and getting beat up all the time. I tell him all the time, like, Peyton, sissy's bigger than you, and she will beat you up. But um, I called her, and my sister didn't answer the phone, but this sweet lady named Patsy Dean answered the phone. Now, Patsy Dean is one of my mom's oldest friends, and she used to babysit me when I was like 9 and 10 years old, 11 years old. She would babysit me, and I was like, Patsy, and I haven't talked to her since my mom's funeral, which was in uh, September of 2020. So I'm like, Patsy, how are you doing? And my, but as I'm talking to her, this is what's going on through my I never talked to her. And so I started praying, Holy Spirit, how do you want to use this? Like, is this a moment? Because I never talked to her. So it's out of the ordinary. So, Lord, do you want to minister to her? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, like, I want you to minister to her. And so I said, Patsy, I, I, that's awesome. And I just was talking to her. I was like, I really feel that this is a God moment and that I need to pray for you. And let me tell you, the dam broke. Just 
Like, I just hear her sobbing. And in that moment, after I said that, the Holy Spirit just started, through a word of knowledge, just started telling me things that were going on in her life and that she needed prayer over, that she hasn't talked to a lot of people about. And, and in that moment, I got to pray with her and minister to her because it was just out of the ordinary. And, it, 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 and I was like, okay, this is, this is one of those, this is a moment that God can use because I never talked to Patsy Dean. I don't even have her number. What are the chances I call my older sister and she answers the phone? So maybe this is a God moment. I mean, the last time I preached, an, a, another example is halfway through my message, my knees started killing me. It started throbbing. I couldn't hardly walk, and I got off the stage, and like, I, I, I called for, for a response, and then I'm like, I have to sit down. My knee is hurting so bad, and, and it's throbbing. I'm like, God, I don't know, God, I, I don't know if I can walk, and I start praying for my own knee, and, and this thought went through my head. I'm like, this is a God moment. God, you're going to heal me because this never happens. I, I don't have knee pain like that, and it just happened just in the middle of my message, and, and the Lord said, go have Randy Tosh pray for you. So I got up, and I tried not to limp back to Randy Tosh. And I stood there, and I said, Randy, I'm not here to pray with you, but you need to pray for me. <laughs> I said, I, I can't hardly stand. My knee is killing me. It's throbbing. I can't hardly walk on it. And I'm putting all my pressure on my left leg, and I'm trying not to look like I'm hurt. And Randy, during, he just started praying. And, and while he was praying, all the knee pain went away. And I haven't had knee pain since that moment. That was two weeks ago. Like, like, that's God. But it was out of the ordinary. Oh, that was really weak. Let's give, God a, let's give God some praise. God is a healer. But God, the Holy Spirit makes us see things differently. Are we looking? Man, I, like the, the best example in my, in, in my life that I can think of is when I was walking downtown, I saw a guitar player with a blindfold on and I've already told you, I'm not going to rehash this whole story, but I remember thinking, this is so out of the ordinary. God's about to do something. So I walked past him because this was just a couple months after my mom passed away, and I didn't really want to be downtown praying for people, and I didn't want, I didn't want, I was like, God, I'm down here because you told me to walk down here. I was kind of bitter and going through some stuff, and, but I was like, Lord, I want, and, and I walked past this guy, and I saw him playing the guitar and humming with a blindfold on, and I stopped, and I was like, I'm down here to talk to people. And I never seen this man down here, and I never see people down here playing guitars in the middle of the day with blindfolds on especially. So I turned around, and I just asked him his story, and long story short, after an hour, seven demons come out of this dude, and he receives salvation. Because God... <laughs> saw William that morning waking up in an abandoned warehouse in Columbia, Tennessee. And we know what's so crazy about the whole story is he had a Gideon's Bible. And I got it out the other day, and I forgot it again. Dad and Abbott, can you hand me that Bible? It was just like this. And I opened it, and, and I traded him his Bible for a new Bible. I said, William... After he came to us, I said, can, I want to give you a, a new Bible, but can I have your Bible? He said, yeah, that's a fair trade. And know what he was doing with the Gideon's Bible? He had pulled the pages out, 
roll them, and smoke them. And I, I never actually, I knew he was doing that. He told me that he used it for rolling paper, and, that, and I wanted to give him a whole Bible. And so I traded him, and I never actually really looked where he got to. He got through Matthew, 28 chapters. Mark, 16 chapters. Luke, what is it, 22, 24 chapters? He got to John chapter 3. In the middle of that page, it says, For God so loved the world. He smoked Matthew. He smoked Mark. He smoked Luke. But John smoked him. <laughs> Literally. Got to John chapter 3. And God says, For I so love William. I'm going to save him. God saw, the Holy Spirit saw this man laying from birth. And he says, I'm going I'm to change this man's life today. Because the Holy Spirit, if we allow him, he will make us see situations differently. But, it, but it, re, it requires us to lay ourselves down. Romans 12 says we make ourselves a living sacrifice, pure and holy and pleasing to God. This is our reasonable service. Then it says we don't conform to the patterns of this world, but we are made new by what? changing the way we think. We let God change the way we think. So that means when we look at situations, we look at them differently through the Holy Spirit. So the second thought I want to give you is the Holy Spirit makes you pray different prayers. I skipped a whole thought. Let's go back one. The Holy Spirit makes you, look, makes you look and act like Jesus. These uneducated fishermen, like the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees could tell Peter and John were uneducated just by how they dressed. They could tell. They knew that they were Galileans, so they probably knew they were fishermen. So fishermen, they had the least education available to a Jewish man. Peter and John did. And so when they got up and spoke... They were speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why do I know this? Because Jesus told them, he said, when you stand on trial, which they were on trial, when you stand before councils, kings, he said, don't worry about what to say. Because in those moments, the Holy Spirit will be speaking through you. I can't help but think, as Peter and John were in prison overnight, the words of Jesus were ringing through their mind. We're going to go on trial tomorrow. And they were just reminding, but Jesus said, don't worry about what to say. Don't worry about what to say. Hey, the Holy Spirit will speak through us. We have the Holy Spirit. Dude, we, like, he just raised a person from, from being lame from birth. So he's, he's got us covered. He's going to speak through us. And they get up and speak. And, and these men are amazed. These educated, religious, priests, Pharisees, temple guard were absolutely astounded that these uneducated idiots were getting up and speaking scripture that they didn't even study because the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, so he knows it a little better than these men. Um, and and they, they were speaking with authority, and they were bringing a message of the gospel, and they are making it make sense, and they're like, what do we do with this? Well, we got to shut them up because this conflicts with the law that's so ingrained in our heart. But what they're, what, if they're saying is true, is going to set us free, and then we'll lose all of our authority and power. So we got to shut them up. But they're amazed. And they were amazed. And then as they're looking at them, the Holy Spirit makes us look, act, and sound like Jesus. 
When they saw Peter and John preaching, know what they were thinking? This sounds what, like Jesus. You know how many times Jesus stood before the same people and started speaking with authority and power? For three years he did this. Taking them off. And, and they're seeing, what they're seeing is not fishermen, they're seeing Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. They're seeing Jesus. These men have been with Jesus. They sound like Jesus. They, they're acting like Jesus. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. And, and let me tell you, if the Holy Spirit doesn't make you look, act like Jesus in your life. That's not the Holy Spirit. We're at a point in our society now that Romans chapter 1 is coming to life. There's all this individualness and be you movement, kind of, like just be you. Like God created you to be you. No, we didn't. God created you to look like Jesus. If, you, if he wanted you to be you, he wouldn't sanctify you to look like Jesus. His, God, his job isn't to glorify you. His job is to glorify Jesus. And, and he works Jesus in you so you quit looking like you. You quit behaving like you. You quit thinking like you. But you start looking, sounding, acting like Jesus. The worst thing that's ever happened, especially in our society, is this idea of just embrace who you are. Like, I'm, I'm all for embracing your giftings. You have God-given giftings and all that. I'm not, I'm not negating that. But this idea that I don't need to change and repent is utterly opposed to Scripture. And pastors who are preaching this are doing a disservice to the church because we are to repent of our sin, turn from our wicked ways, and follow Jesus. Jesus says, you can't be my disciple unless you die to yourself daily, pick up your cross, and follow me. We can't do that apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes us look and act like Jesus. You know what else he does? I didn't throw this on there. The Holy Spirit makes us love like Jesus. He makes us love like Jesus. And if, and, and if people are opposing you, and maybe you're trying to act like Jesus, and you're trying to follow his word, but suddenly you're ticked off at people, and you're like so mad at the other political side, whatever side you're on, and you're like, they can't see anything, and you're just mad at people, you're not acting, looking, and loving like Jesus. These people were arrested by people who thought differently than them, and yet they didn't pray for their demise. They prayed that God would give them boldness to preach in spite of it, to love in spite of it, to care in spite of it. So the overflow of Pentecost, when, when the Holy Spirit's leading our life, we will see things differently. We will, the, the Holy Spirit will make us look, act, and love like Jesus. And the last thought I want to give you is the Holy Spirit makes you pray different prayers. Oh man, 
If there's ever a time, there's always a time in history to pray. Every generation has said this. Every generation says there's ever a time in history to pray. It's now. But we are in the most lost generation in one of the most lost continents on earth. In the, in the early 1900s, the lost continent was considered Africa. They considered Africa the dark continent. But guess what? And Asia was a dark continent. And guess what? Revival and, and revival is breaking out all over Africa, all over Asia. And, and they're going after Jesus. And people by the thousands and upon thousands are getting saved. Know where the dark continents are now? It's Europe and North America. Did you know that the United States is the third most lost nation on the earth, only behind China and India. The United States is the third most unevangelized nation on earth. And so we, 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 I'm all for sending missions. I'm all for missions trips. I'm like, dude, we supported, how, how much did we give to missions last year? It was like 70,000, wasn't it? It was somewhere in that. We gave $70,000 in missions last year. It was amazing. Through God and your faithfulness and the Holy Spirit, like it was amazing. I'm all for that. But our nation, we are the missionaries to our nation. We are. And, and, and the prayers that the early church prayed compared to the prayers that we pray look completely different. And the Holy Spirit makes us pray different prayers. They were imprisoned and instructed not to preach in the powerful name of Jesus that rose from the grave. That was the threat. They said they would get arrested again. That, that's what's going on. They know going forward, if they keep preaching Jesus and the gospel, they're going to get arrested, possibly beheaded. Pro yeah, they're probably going to get killed. In fact, not too long after this, someone does get killed for preaching Jesus. So naturally, the church, what did, what did they do? They prayed against those mean rulers and um, that, that, that threatened them. And then what else did they do? They prayed for protection, that God would protect them. And then they also prayed that God would protect the Second Amendment. That's what they did. That's in the Bible, right? I'm pretty sure. Like, that sounds like that's, that's, how, that's how the church prays today, isn't it? Oh, God, consider their threats and protect me. Oh, Lord, keep them away from me. Oh, and Lord, don't let them take my guns. I'm pro-Second Amendment. I love my guns. And I want to get more, but my wife won't let me. She's worse than the government right now. <laughs> oh. She said, if I get a gun, I have to trade a gun. But they're like my children. No. What did the church pray they prayed that God would consider their threats. They didn't pray one thing against the people who made the threats because they saw things differently. They realized these men need Jesus. These men that are threatening us have no relationship with God. And they're, they're hopelessly lost. These men need Jesus. So, Father, consider their threats. Consider them. And, Lord, I pray that you give me boldness to preach the word of God. And what else did they pray? Lord, stretch out your hand and perform miraculous signs. It's both. You want to know the overflow of Pentecost in our lives today? 
We see things differently. We act and look like Jesus. And we pray differently. We don't, I, I'm not saying you don't pray for needs in your own life. That's not my heart here. Please hear that. But as a church corporately, we have got to start praying for boldness. We got to start stepping out. We got to be willing to put things on the line for the sake of those who don't know Jesus. Our nation is primed and ready. Jesus said, open your eyes for the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. If we don't carry the mission of Jesus to the world, no one will. If we, the church who, he gave his mission, the church to accomplish it, no one will. And we can't accomplish it in our own strength. We've got to have the Holy Spirit. There are people in your life that will die and go to hell if they die today because they don't know Jesus. I'm not trying to bring it all down, but he has given us power and authority to preach the word with boldness and to lay hands on the sick and they recover, to cast out demons, to walk in everything that he has for us. You don't have to be super spiritual. You don't have to be hyped. Man, if you read Acts chapter three, like they, they were on their way to the prayer service. They didn't get to the prayer service and were praying for an hour and felt the holy presence of God, the rhema presence of God, and then walked out and in that presence, in that power, they lay hands on the sick. No, they were probably coming off of lunch. It was three o'clock and they're probably bloated and they're walking into the temple and like, let's go pray this off. And they saw this guy and, and they're like, looked at him intently thinking about it. I know that's what happens to me when I pray with people. And if you ever see me up here with just a mic in my hand and I have a blank stare on my face because I'm, I'm praying. Like, Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to do? Lord, how, how? They just stepped in faith and walked in the Holy Spirit. Walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then they prayed big prayers. They prayed different prayers. Prayers that honored God. Prayers that challenged God. Sometimes I think we pray prayers that we we think that God wants to hear. This prayer took faith. It's real tempting to pray for protection when you're getting threats instead of boldness. It's real tempting. But the gospel's worth it. The glory of God is worth it. The message of Jesus is worth it. And every one of you is a candidate for the power of God through the work of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be an apostle to raise the lame. You can do it. You don't have to be an apostle to lead 5,000 to the Lord. You can do it. Because the Holy Spirit is in you and on you. So, I had this crazy thought last night go through my head as I was going through this. What if, what if the Holy Spirit showed up today? He's already here. 
what if he manifested himself in a way like we just read? And, and, and this is a thought that went through my head. Tell people, get up and walk. Tell people who, who have a need in their life, get up and walk. Take a step of faith. Get up and walk. Tell them. Maybe you need a healing. Get up and walk. Just walk. Like, dude, I, I know this is crazy. This is unorthodox. Like, Ryan, you are going out of your mind. I know. But I, like, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. If I look crazy and nothing happens, then I look crazy. Who cares? But man, if God shows up, if there's one chance that one person gets healed, if there's one chance that, that a breakthrough happens in someone's life because they took a step of faith, it's worth it. So I'm, I'm just going to ask people to step out. Let, let's stand. It's easier. to. It's, easy, it's easier. Let's all get up. And if you need, like, I'm not joking. I'm not saying let's do a Jericho march or anything like that. I'm like, I'm saying get up. And as you walk, you start telling the Lord what you need. Lord, I need healing. Like, I feel like people are about to get healed today. I feel like, I feel like people are about to, as you're walking, I, I, like maybe it's just you walk back and forth right where you're at. Maybe you just walk up and down the aisle, but you just start praying. You start praying, Lord, I need breakthrough in this. I need the power. And what I all, I want us all to pray, the baseline prayer is, Lord, give me boldness. Give me boldness to share the gospel. Give me boldness to walk out this calling that you've called us all. Give me boldness. And I believe that God's going to stretch out his hand today. I believe it. So as Pastor Ben starts to starts to, to lead, I dare you, I dare you to start to walk. You know, we can just go in a circle. I don't care. If you need to walk with your eyes open to avoid smacking into someone, do it. But I'm, I'm crazy enough. I can't help but think. This thought went through my head, and it's not a thought I normally have. And I'm just, I'm crazy enough to do it. So I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, I've done what you asked me to do. Do what only you can do. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the powerful name of Jesus, everyone that needs healing, I speak healing over as they walk in faith. Everyone who needs breakthrough in the name of Jesus, breakthrough in their family, breakthrough in their finances, breakthrough in their emotions, breakthrough in, in, in their mind, I speak breakthrough because you're a God of the breakthrough in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, the people who need faith, like God, I, I just, I, I'm I'm scared. I bind the spirit of fear right now and I release power, love, and a sound mind. Lord, you are so gentle and you are so loving. You are here. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, as the Lord leads, I dare you. I dare you to get up and walk. <laughs>